Hello, and good morning to you. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And we're with Tech Connect. And Tech Connect is very important to you, and you may not realize that now, but after you're listening to a series of our podcasts about the kinds of technologies that are available to you every day, whether it be for entertainment, education, employment, or just information and research. All these things will come together in our conversations with you so that you appreciate how much more these devices can add to your life. And we're baby boomers, just like you. Basically, this is baby boomers talking to baby boomers about the new technology. So sit back, relax, and listen. Good afternoon. I'm Bruce. And this is Mike. And again, we're here from Tech Connect. And today we're going to continue what we were talking about on our last uh, episode, where we talked about some of the things that you should be aware of that are coming down the pike. And instead of fighting them, we're trying to convince you that you should try to adjust to these things and take advantage of them to make your life easier and to maintain your health, and just to keep your life easier, like I said in the beginning. Because some of these technologies that are coming and some of the different ways of doing things that are going to be here are going to impact you, and you can fight them or figure out how to use them to your benefit. Well, essentially what Bruce is saying is resistance is futile. Just like the Borg, when they would come into uh, the Star Trek and would just come over to different planets and they would tell you, you got to get on board with this or we'll just destroy the planet. And you all remember the Borg, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a technological Borg here in the United States of America. And we've been slowly been indoctrinated to how we start to use and acquire devices. But just recently, a huge shot of this whole thing about how we use our devices is going to happen and happen real soon, starting with Apple. What Apple is now proposing is that from now on, you will never ever buy their devices. In order to utilize their devices, you have to acquire them through a, re a lease or subscription kind of program. Now, we can argue about the merits of whether you should or shouldn't do that or not, but the reality of it is, if you want an Apple product, you got to get on board. This bus is pulling out. Yeah, because they were saying that it would increase their revenue by about $11 billion a year starting uh, when they do it. So it probably will go up and up as time goes on as they make this program ubiquitous. But they're not going to not do this program because they're going to make $11 billion a year. So just get ready. And what Mike is saying is that you'll have to lease your devices. In other words, when you get that new Apple phone, you won't be buying it. You'll be leasing it, which also means that somewhere at the end of your lease, you'll have to turn it in. And at that point, maybe you'll get another phone, a newer phone, a newer model that uses the new software and you'll lease another phone. And, of course, with each change in technology, as Bruce says, when that lease or subscription service expires, you're going to get a new device 
and probably for sure a higher monthly cost that goes with it. Now, they'll justify because you'll have a much more powerful, up-to-date, technologically advanced product, but you can rest assured that whatever the price that you're going to pay on a monthly basis is always going to go up. It'll never go down. And here again, get used to the fact that in order for you to get this product from Apple, you would have to get it in a secondary market. You would never be able to buy their brand new technology right out the gate anymore. And this is not just Apple. The use of subscription services is now all over the place. I mean, I just bought or I have a new printer. Okay, now this is this is a real story here. Well, you got a couple of real stories. <laughs> <laughs> but this printer, I bought this little printer and it's an HP printer. And HP has a service where you use this ink and they automatically send you new ink based on the use of your ink in your printer. The ink cartridges that they send you on this service, this subscription service, because you pay so much a month and they just resupply you the ink. The ink cartridges are tagged. So they know that this is an ink cartridge from the subscription service. Yeah, digital, digital encryption. Right. And as your printer uses the ink, it's sending a message to the subscription service to say when they should send you a new cartridge. Mm -hmm. Well, I started out when I bought the printer, I signed up for the service. So I got some subscription ink from HP. I installed that in my printer, and then I decided I didn't want the service anymore, so I cut it off. Well, I started having problems with my printer. <laughs> okay, I was sending things to be printed to it, and nothing, it wasn't working. Nothing was coming out. But I noticed that these lights were always flashing on the front of the printer. It took me a while. I stopped using the printer because I had other printers. <laughs> <laughs> so... One day I decided, well, let me figure out what's going on here because this is almost a brand new printer and I haven't been using it. So I went and I started, I reset up the printer. I took it down. I reconnected to the, connected it to my Wi-Fi. I did everything I could and it still wouldn't print. So finally, I noticed that when I hit one of the buttons that was lighting up, it would print, but it would print this one sheet that explained in small print that I was not using a subscription ink cartridge. So therefore, I would always get this sheet first and, and then it would print what I asked it to print. Mm -hmm. But in order to get that sheet out, you had to push a button. It was a resume button. So, no, you couldn't be away from the printer. You had to wait at the printer, push the button, and then you would get your printout. And I was flabbergasted because I'm like, well, in order to get around this, I would have to go out and buy new ink from the store <laughs> that was not digitally tagged in order to use this printer, which was fine. But what I did was I signed up for the service again. <laughs> For, for the lowest level, I think it's something like 99 cents a month or something. And then it worked like a charm. 
So this is where we are now. They have these printers, and if you sign up for the subscription service, which is fine. I mean, if if you use your printer like that, you can be in the service, and you get you never run out of ink. They'll always send you ink. But just remember, <laughs> if you stop using the service, there are some adjustments that you have to make to handle that. Yeah, resistance is futile. <laughs> right. But go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so, but all I'm saying is, okay, that was something I learned, but it's not something that I read anywhere or saw anywhere except on that one piece of paper. That tight font. Right. <laughs> that came out before my print would come out, before my document that I asked to print came out, this one sheet would come out and explain that I was using a nine or I was using a subscription print cartridge, but I didn't have the subscription service. So understand that. I mean, that's one thing that I didn't know when I signed up for this service in the first place. And that's good to keep in your mind. But this is where we're going. It's a subscription service for the ink. Now, Mike, you were talking about a subscription service for clothing. I never had seen that before. Well, here's, here's the rub. As Americans today, you slowly are going to move into a realm of our society where you don't own anything anymore. Get used to it. <laughs> this new ecosystem that they're trying to create for everything that we do is to control how you spend your money. And so Apple has taken a lead on this, but this whole thing about subscription services is not new. It's been slowly been transitioning to, to this since the early, mm, let's say, 2000s. Right. It started with music, then eventually videos and movies and TV. Uh, there are no more newspapers. You get a digital subscription for newspapers, magazines, and other periodicals. And so what you're having is that we're starting to move more and more into a society where you don't own anything anymore. You have access to it or use of it. And this even includes clothes. We've been doing it with cars for a long time because you can lease a car. At the end of the lease, you have the option to contain the lease. Right. Or you can buy it out the end. But here again, at that point, you never owned it until you decide what you're going to do at the end of the lease. But all manufacturers of all kinds of equipment, not just uh, consumer electronics, but they're trying to lock you into their own specific ecosystem so that you're locked in until the day you die. And so get used to this because everything that you will achieve to own, you won't be able to own it until maybe you can get it again in a secondary market when it's past its current status and moves into what we call the venture stage or an obsolete stage. But if you want that brand new stuff, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to be able to buy it. You're going to have to subscribe to it. And this is just going to take over and over until one or two companies you'll pay. Well, this is just another off-the-cuff story because we're not going to be employees anymore. We'll all become gig workers at some point. And so there will be these two or three big companies that you make monthly payments to no, your Mike, don't scare people oh, with that. Oh, that's the truth. <laughs> no, I, I, I You're trying to scare people. I, I, that's, I, well, that's too much. I, no, I, look, it's like this is out of limits, <laughs> except for consumer electronics and everything else that we do. But this is going to happen. And you can even step up and make the adjustment mentally so that as this happens, and it'll be a nice slow walk 
But as time moves forward, it will speed up. And so what you don't want is to be kind of like not prepared for this transition because it's going to happen. And there are a lot of virtues to this, but there's a lot of bad things to this as well, too. But when you get a subscription service for this hardware, remember, it'll always be current. They'll support it. You'll get the upgrades. And that at some point, whether it's two or three years down the road, you'll essentially transition it out and get a new one. But you will have a monthly payment all the time. You will never own the device or even services, as we talked about. And, uh, well, Bruce, you know, let's, it gets more insidious than this, though. Yes, tell, it does. tell us about the but, coffee pot story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, here's another story, another item that I purchased. It is a Keurig coffee maker that has a subscription service for the coffee pods. And again, this Keurig coffee maker is actually connected to my Wi-Fi and therefore to the internet in my home, at, through my home. That Keurig subscription service for the coffee pods, number one, the coffee pods that come from the subscription service are digitally tagged. Yeah. So the coffee maker knows that it's one of their Keurig coffee pods. It also knows how many coffee pods I use whenever I use them. When I set this coffee maker up and attached it to the internet, I made my first cup of coffee with it. <laughs> <laughs> and right after that, I got an email from Keurig. Congratulations. You have made your first cup of coffee with our new Keurig so-and-so coffee maker. It was set at the temperature of 120 degrees, and you had a 10-ounce cup. And that kind of threw me for a loop because I, I was, when I set the thing up, I don't know why, but I wasn't thinking about the fact that, okay, now they know whenever I drink a cup of coffee, and that's how they tell when to send you a new box of Keurig coffee. I've got used to this service already. So I'm happy with it. But for some of you, that might be too much like George Orwell, Big Brother, all of that. And that's fine. I understand that. But what Mike and I are actually saying to you is there will come a time very soon mm -hmm. when that might be the only way you're allowed to buy this service or to buy this item right. it will all be under some type of subscription service now the coffee the curix it's a subscription service i'm not paying for it on a monthly basis but when as they, needed as needed mm -hmm. so they will send me a box of coffee and they will charge me for it which is okay with me because i drink a lot of coffee so i'm fine with that but again Always understand, I remember when I was in business school in 1970-71, in marketing classes, we talked about this then. Yeah. They talked about having this type of setup to sell products in 1971-72. What the holdup was, was the technology. Mm -hmm. 
they did not have the computer systems. They did not have ubiquitous Wi-Fi in people's homes and smartphones that are always attached to the Internet. They didn't have storage of information that was not costly. Well, that problem has basically been removed. So all the things that they have been thinking about since 1970, okay, are being rushed into service now so that they can create markets and maintain markets and sell their products using the technology that exists. And uh, uh, as a caveat, the other day, not too long ago, Mike and I went to a computer store <laughs> because we needed a some storage for one of our tablets. And I paid $13 for a 128 gigabyte flash drive or a flash card. In 1980-something, I was working at RCA and I was working in their computer center and I was Pricing one gigabyte hard drives. A one gigabyte hard drive was $400,000. And how big was it? It took up a room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We had to have air-conditioned floors to put it in. The IBM guy who was resident at RCA had to have it set up. This is a one gigabyte hard drive. I had to do a cost-benefit analysis on one gigabyte. Well, 128 gigabytes cost $13 now. Okay. So storage is not an issue. They can store everything. They can leave it there forever because it's cheaper to keep it yep. than it is to erase it. So the technology part of the marketing problem is being removed very quickly by all the devices that are out now. And, you know, we, we're talking about this in jest because the fact of the matter is it's real. It's not going anywhere. And you've already been subjected to this anyway through your smartphone. Now, in your smartphone, uh, I forgot how many different kinds of sensors are in your smartphone. I think it's like somewhere between 25 and 30 different sensors. And I... I can't remember all the things that it's looking at, but trust me, matter of fact, that's going to be your homework assignment. Go online to find out how many sensors are typically are on a smartphone. I think you'd be surprised. But remember, all those sensors that a phone has is being carried with you every day and it's constantly communicating with a network of some sort to let people know who you are, where you are, how long you've been there, and where you're going next. Because if you use a GPS system, you're telling them where you're going. Right. So you're already in the matrix. Get over it. But um, the key thing is try to find some ways to have some fun with it because you're not going to be able to escape it because you can't live without these devices anymore. I mean, they come part of our life. And um, so here again, Bruce said, I'm trying to scare you to death. And no, <laughs> I'm just trying to make you deal with the reality that you're living in. And let you know that this information that they have about you and on you, uh, yes, your phone listens to you. And unless they can turn the speakers on if they want to. Yes, they can turn the camera on if they want to. And they do. 
And so this is how you control societies. And so you can even just like, you know, just go with it and enjoy yourself or be paranoid and stay in the house all day and turn the phone off. And even not you just turn, turn phone, it off. Like, <laughs> crush, it. crush it. <laughs> and if you're not prepared to do that, then just go for the ride and enjoy all this technology and have fun with it. And That's use a, it to your benefit. Exactly, because I'm not giving up anything. Matter of fact, I'm going to get more stuff because <laughs> I don't care. But if you, I was in Center City the other day, and remember all the on the corners you would have these uh, places that sold magazines and oh, candy yeah. and newspapers. And I was downtown, and I hadn't been in Center City for a while, and they were gone. The corners that they were on, mm-hmm. that I remember them being there, I would stop there every now and then, buy a magazine or a newspaper. They were gone. Well, I realized, well. Magazines are digital now. Yep. Newspapers, too. I mean, I remember when a Time magazine, the last time I saw a Time magazine, <laughs> it was it looked like it was about three pages long. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> magazines are digital. Newspapers are digital. Yeah. Uh, All so periodicals. Yeah. That, coupled with the pandemic, those guys are gone. Yep. Their business is gone. So they're... Uh, Setups, the the little buildings they had that they sold mm-hmm. the newspapers and things from they they were removed, but it was a that was one of those wake up calls that you have to realize are going to be coming at you very quickly because now that the technology is where it is, and the fact that just about every one of us has a smartphone of some kind. These things are going to start happening more and yeah. more quickly. So you're going to look up one day and Apple will already have a subscription service for their phones and you won't be able to buy them anymore. MacBooks too. Right. Tablets. Tablets, iPads, whatever. Yeah. So just realize that this is going to be coming at you quickly and you're either going to have to adjust or like Mike said, you can remove yourself from it if you want, but I'm it's going to be difficult. Yeah, your quality of life will... <laughs> Take a real nosedive. <laughs> 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 and again, the, the subscription services are for the magazines, the newspapers. I pay a monthly uh, su- subscription fee for the Inquirer, and I get it on my phone in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a lot of magazines, you can get over Kindles. Yeah. Okay, it's a s- subscription service. You pay so much a month, and you get certain magazines or whatever that you picked out on Kindle. So these things are there. They're there already, and they're only going to get more ubiquitous because, like I said, they have been trying to do this since 1970, as far as I know, (laughs) because that's when I was in college. And we used to talk (laughs) about this stuff in marketing class. Yeah. Well, you know, you think about it because... Magazines have been on subscription services for, for decades. And then there was a slow transition. Remember the, the Columbia Music House? Oh, I Remember? Right. Subscription service for music. And you pay them a penny. And you got like 10 <laughs> albums right, or right, 10 right. CDs. Right. And then they clobber you with a monthly fee. Uh, so they just moved to a digital world instead of an analog world. That's all that's happening. What's we're going through, we've always been doing it, but it was here again in an analog world. It's been digitized. Right. So, you know, you've been paying, so get used to it. Yeah, it's just that with the digital systems, they have, the people that sell the items Mm -hmm. have more control uh, 
you don't, uh, they can choose to cut you off without a, a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just that they have more control, but you've been using subscription services for a long time. Well, look at Easy Pass. Oh, yeah, don't look at Easy Pass. <laughs> you think this stuff is scary. <laughs> Trust me, if you got an Easy Pass uh, transponder in your car, they know where you are, where you're going. They can conceivably send you a speeding ticket if they wanted to. Right. If you got from one exit to the next within, or you're going exceeding like 75, 80 miles an hour, they can send you a speeding ticket. Uh, not to say that they won't. Right. But they can. And someone reminded me the other day that during the, uh, they have temporary setups where if they're having construction on the road, mm -hmm. they will put devices up that will hit your easy pass thing and tell whether you went through that construction zone too fast. You can either use the easy pass or just your car okay. it beams off your car. But this is already, and you will get a ticket for that <laughs> if you go past a it's construction a area a at a higher rate of speed than you're supposed to. But with the Easy Pass, the Easy Pass device, and I didn't know this until recently, is always putting out a signal like mm -hmm. your cell phone, like your uh, smartphone. Right. It's always looking for towers. And the Easy Pass device is doing the same thing. Well, they can calculate. That's right. How long it took you to get from point A to point B, and they know whether you were over the speed limit. So eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually, you might get a ticket for speeding just based on that. Yep. So I mean, because they're becoming more and more accurate, instead of and they can combine that with your GPS in your car. So if you have a car that's old, younger than two thousand fourteen or twelve, that's right. Is sending out GPS signals. Mm -hmm. You got the little computer in and your car. You got car. the OnStar systems. Right. And all that uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, OnStar systems are in all cars now. You just didn't know you had an OnStar. You just didn't know it. They don't make you pay for it like <laughs> right. you did before. It's just, just there. <laughs> collecting the data about your habits. Right. So, again, all we're saying is understand that it's here and Understand that you can use all this to your advantage, and that's what you do. Hey, you got to drink the Kool-Aid. That's what we're telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you want to drink it or not, right. you're going to get a sip. No, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of sugar in my Kool-Aid. <laughs> well, now that we have completely terrorized you for the day and ruined your dinner or your nighttime sleep because you have nightmares tonight, about how you're going to escape from this, and you can't. So uh, on that note... Yeah, we're going to end this session. And again, if you have any questions or comments that you want to make, just send us send it to us via email, and that is techconnect720 at gmail.com. And again, we'll see you the next time. Go. Okay, folks. Another piece of information that we failed to tell you earlier is our contact information. You can reach Tech Connect, that's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T, -E -E Tech Connect, and you can reach us by phone at 484-918-0158. Once again, that's 484-918-0158, or by email. And the email address is techconnect720 at gmail.com. 
That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T 720 at gmail.com. So we invite you to get in contact with us and uh, so we can assist you with what your needs are. And thank you.